Hey, do you need a UK representative, a Swiss representative or a European authorized representative for your medical device industry? Okay, so you can contact now Easy Medical Device at info at easymedicaldevice.com Info, I-N-F-O at easymedicaldevice.com And we'll help you for that, so talk to you soon. Welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy Podcast. I am Munir Alazuzi, a medical device expert specialized on quality and regulatory affairs. My mission is to help you learn how to place a compliant medical device on the market. For that, I share with you my experience and the one of others on this podcast. Are you ready for your dose of regulation and standards today? Okay, so let the show begin. Welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy Podcast. Here is Munir Alazuzi from easymedicaldevice.com and today we'll do the August update. So mainly we'll talk about all what happened last month and what will happen maybe in future. So um, let's start first uh, with the agenda. So today we'll go from the odd topics. We'll go for, uh, to talk about the uh, team notified body position papers, about uh, implant card, uh, the harmonized standards, Uh, the uh, ISO standard for COVID-19, which are uh, free, uh, the MHRA guidance uh, for software. We'll talk also about uh, the Green Bell certificate uh, that will come back this, uh, this month. Uh, then we'll go through the notified body situation and all the guidances that were published. And at the end, mainly we'll talk about uh, Easy Medical Device, what happened at Easy Medical Device. Okay, so let's start with team notified body. Uh, so mainly the... Uh, team NB, <laughs> mainly we can say that. So they created a position paper on implant card. So um, inside this position paper, mainly, mainly we discuss about the fact that uh, for certain implants, we need some implant cards, but uh, they are focusing this position paper on the, uh, the products that are exempt from a, a, an implant card. So mainly they are talking about the fact that Yes, there is a list of products that are exempt from a, an implant card, but a notified body will also look at um, uh, the risk-based approach. So mainly, uh, if because there is no implant card, there will be a risk to your product, then this can be a good reason that the notified body will not accept that you will not put an implant card. There is also a lot of things related to some um, vocabulary used, like, uh, for example, wedges, Uh, which is a term used in the industry, but it's not really a, a term that is really understood about what is content on this. So there is a lot of product that can be included on that, uh, uh, wrongly maybe, uh, and then this can be an issue. So here, the idea is to say, um, for to the industry mainly, um, let's try to be responsible and to say, uh, if you see a risk, and if this risk can be only mitigated by the use of an implant card, then do it. Use the implant card for that because uh, notified bodies will also look at that, uh, that for, for this, uh, this element. So if you want to look at uh, the full document, so it is on the show notes, uh, it's really important, I think, that you are going there. There are inside some decision trees, there are a lot of explanation that can guide you on uh, if you need or not to implement uh, implant card for, for your products. Then we go to harmonized standards. So we talked a lot about harmonized standard, the fact that it was not uh, available. Now it will, it starts to be available. So we had uh, this month the publication of the first harmonized standards uh, for MDR and for IVDR. So for example, for IVDR, we had a standard related to sterilization uh, with the ethylene oxide, a sterilization for radiation, Uh, the test of stability, uh, sterilization on low temperature, a steam and a formaldehyde, 
so you see that a lot of focus on sterilization. For MDR, we have the same plus uh, one related to a test of irritation, the 10993-23. Uh, so uh, these are the first standards that are harmonized under MDR. Uh, which doesn't mean that th this is the only ones. So there, are, there will be another update with more uh, standards to come. But these are the first ones. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, um, you have to use them as harmonized standards. But don't forget that all the other standards that are common, if I can say, like uh, ISO 13485, ISO 14971, even if they are not harmonized for now, uh, they, they, it is the state of the art. So you have to use many of those ones as uh, as a harmonized standard or as standard for your for your company. So um, we had an episode, if I remember, with um, Martin Vitter related to this kind of uh, thing from Martin Vitter from Chief Sud. Uh, and we discussed about that and we, we discussed about the fact that mainly we are not trade bodies are looking at the state of the art, what is really available at the time that he's making the, the audit. So you have also to do that. So the harmonized standards start to be published, but mainly it will not be, and it will maybe end in 2024 because we saw the agenda and there are some that will be planned for until 2024. So uh, you should not wait for the harmonized standard to start to do the job, do the job um, without waiting for them. But if you want to see uh, the, 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 the document with the, the four or five harmonized standards that were published for now, so you can go on the show notes uh, and you'll see two documents, one for MDR and one for IVDR. Okay, COVID-19. So there are a lot of information about COVID-19. Um, I, I wanted to show you a lot of things related also to uh, some uh, antigenic tests, uh, what are the common antigenic tests, etc. But when I reviewed the documentation, it was not really uh, interesting what is mentioned inside. But uh, an information that is really important is also the fact that um, because of this pandemic, uh, the ISO organization uh, accepted to make some uh, standard free. Uh, you can visualize them on the ISO.org website so i put uh, the, the 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 link on the show notes you cannot create uh, you cannot uh, get the pdf files uh, from what i saw when i went there but you can get uh, a view of them and look at them and, and check exactly what is there specifically the ones that are specific for uh, for covid-19 situation like face mask like uh, uh, like uh, the, the clothing, etc., like um, respirators, etc. So all those ones are uh, available and you can go and uh, the link is also on the show notes. Now within the UK, so MHRA guidance. So uh, MHRA issued a guidance a long time ago about, um, about software. So what is a software? What is a standalone software, etc.? Um, it was really a good guidance, really well well developed and with a lot of information. And they have just made an update uh, because of the change of the qualification of some IVD software and their intended purpose. So they have made some update to that. But it's a good reminder for people that want to understand what is a software uh, for MHRA. Uh, then you can go there. Uh, mainly MHRA uh, is not working anymore for the European Union. So what they are doing is mainly for the UK. Uh, and um, mainly you can see also on the document that they are talking about the UKCA. They mentioned the fact that the CE marked will be accepted in the UK until uh, the 30th of June 2023. But mainly uh, after that, it's UKCA will be, which will be authorized. And you can see there that there are some mention about UKCA. So if you want to have some more view, uh, the document is available. Um, it's a lot of pages, so I hope you have some time to review that. Uh, but yeah, it's really an interesting read. If you are developing some software, some standalone software, 
This is really uh, an interesting read uh, where there is all the details about why this is a medical device, what is the classification of this medical device, etc. etc. So this is really, I think, important for you. Okay, so uh, in July, we didn't have uh, the session about the green belt certificate, uh, mainly because I took some holidays, so I didn't have the, the session. So I will reopen it again uh, in August because a lot of people were asking uh, for that session. Uh, so uh, we'll have that session in uh, uh, in the last week of August, so August from August 23rd to August 27th. Uh, so don't hesitate to go to the platform to uh, school.easymedicaldevice.com. Uh, and uh, we will uh, open this session and I will show you the link also on the show notes. So uh, go there and you can register, uh, take the places because yeah, last time I had to refuse some, some people. Um, but yeah, take uh, as soon as possible your, your place for, for the session. And then at the end, you'll get uh, your certificate if you pass the, uh, the, the, the quiz, the, the, the exam. And uh, anyway, you will get an attestation that you have participated with all the content of the of the of the training. So, if you want to get a training on EUMDR, so uh, don't hesitate to register for the Green Belt Certification Program. Okay, our favorite topic now: <laughs> notified bodies. Uh, so, mainly um, the month of July was surprising because uh, there were two notified bodies that were appointed uh, that were accredited. Uh, in, in July uh, for MDR only, only for MDR, not for IVDR. Uh, so mainly we had the first one, which is Eurofines uh, product testing SRS or if, uh, in Italy. And the second one, again, in Italy also, which is Kiwa Cermet SPS, so also in Italy. Uh, so mainly um, those two notified bodies are, are yeah joining now the family of notified bodies accredited in uh, UMDR. And the count is now 22 notified bodies with uh, UMDR and uh, still the same, five notified bodies within IVDR. So we still see the things growing and uh, we'll have uh, some, uh, uh, some also some podcast episode with, uh, uh, with notified bodies uh, to discuss just uh, the situation after the date of application, what are some lessons to learn about the audits uh, made. Uh, and I think it will be also an interesting podcast for, for you to, to listen and to understand what are the common mistakes that the medical device manufacturers are doing during an audit. So uh, wait for it. It will be in the next in the following weeks uh, and you will be maybe uh, interested to understand maybe the secrets or the things that uh, you have to correct before uh, an audit. It will be uh, one notified body, but uh, mainly it will be the same for, I suppose, for all the others. So I think it will be an interesting one also. So yeah, so uh, 22 notified bodies for EUMDR, 25 for uh, IVDR. Uh, IVDR is still a, a major topic. Uh, I, I, I think you saw the, the episode we have done with uh, Eric Volbrecht uh, last episode. Uh, we talked at the end of the episode about IVDR and he was mainly saying that, yes, uh, there is uh, more to do for IVDR, more to do for companies, uh, which can create a big problem uh, at the end. But yeah, well, let's see what the EU Commission has planned, uh, planned for it. Okay, now let's go to the guidances. So um, this month, there was a lot of guidances that were issued, uh, some revisions also, but a lot of guidances. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, there are some guidances that are not for manufacturers, but more for uh, some conformity assessment bodies. So we'll, we'll look at that. But yeah, a lot of them. So let's, let's start with the first one. So the first one is the MDCG 2021-13. Um, it was just a revision apparently uh, for that because it's, uh, it's marked... I don't know how they are doing their their, their revision, but um, here it's, it's marked revision one, and we are used to say revision one is the first document for initial document, but apparently they have a revision zero, 
uh, and then they make revision one uh, for their first update. But um, but yeah, um, so this is the question answers for Udamed actors registration. And uh, here uh, they added, uh, they added a, a chapter at the end, uh, chapter nine, which is mainly about importers. So many uh, the importers, uh, they can assume the role of a manufacturer uh, following article 16, uh, part one, uh, which is mainly the fact that they are getting a produce and they are changing the intended purpose, changing the uh, design, changing uh, things on it. Then they become manufacturers. And the question is, should they register within New Damed as manufacturers? And the answer is yes, they have to register within New Damed as manufacturers as soon as they are changing the uh, indication, the, the name of a product, etc. etc. Um, and the second point was mainly about the the importers related to the 16 uh, part two, which is mainly the fact that you are uh, translating uh, the documentation and also changing the, the packaging. Uh, this is not uh, considered as a manufacturer or activity responsibility. Uh, it's mainly the fact that they are doing that to just adapt to the market without changing any intended purpose, without changing the product, just uh, making it uh, adapted to the to the situation in the country. And there, you don't need to register as an importer, as a manufacturer. Anyway, an importer needs to register with the new damage, so it's not like uh, they are not registering at all. Uh, it's just that for specific cases, you maybe have to register once or twice because you have maybe two functions uh, within the organization, so which is uh, which is important. So here it clarifies just the situation about importers uh, following Article 16. Then we have the NDCG 2021-14, where we have the uh, IVDR codes. So uh, we had in a precedent um, precedent uh, NDCG guidance the MDR codes. So these are the codes that are used. Uh, to um, to um, define a product uh, in terms of his code for the notified bodies. So uh, those codes are used by notified bodies to um, to define uh, if they can because they have they, ha they are qualified per those codes if they can audit your products per this code and also to define if there is a not uh, an auditor available to uh, to discuss about this and we will discuss also about that. Uh, during the podcast, uh, I told you with notified body. Uh, so these codes are needed for MDR, but they are also needed for IVDR when you are doing your uh, application. So you apply to a, a certain, uh, because you want a notified body to come to audit you. They are asking you to fill a form. And then on this form, they ask you, what is your uh, IVDR uh, code? What is uh, all those information? And you have to be careful here. You have to provide the right information or you to be careful on what you are providing, because uh, if you are providing the wrong one, uh, you can have maybe some delay on your application because uh, they will check and they will find that there is something wrong here, uh, which can be a problem. So uh, these, uh, this NDC guidance is explaining to you uh, what is this IVDR code. So I just um, captured some information from it. So mainly um, for MDR uh, code, we have MDA, MDN, MDT, MDS, etc. And each has its own uh, uh, own reason or own uh, definition. Here we have five codes, which are 
IVR, which is more for the intended purpose of the device. And we have here, for example, devices that are for uh, blood grouping or for human genetic testing. Uh, we have IVS, which are which is specific, uh, some specific characteristic of the device. For example, devices that are used for near patient testing or devices used for safe testing. Then we have IVT, which is describing a certain technology. It's normally uh, technology uh, made for manufacturing the product. So, uh, for example, here uh, using some plastic processing, using some metal processing, uh, manufactured in a clean room. So these are some technologies used to make this product. Uh, IVP for knowledge in examination procedures. So mainly uh, what kind of... Uh, knowledge do you need, uh, like biochemistry, like uh, chromo chromosomal analysis, etc. And you have a last one, IVD, which is knowledge in uh, laboratory and uh, clinical discipline, which is more like uh, you have to have knowledge in bacteriology, in genetic knowledge, etc., etc. So these are codes that you have to define yourself. Um, so it's not like notified bodies will, um, will give you the codes. Uh, so you have to fill the form and find the ones that are uh, um, the best for your products. No need to Put all the codes that you think and try to put the necessary ones. So because you yeah, have a lot of customers that are also trying to dig dive, deep dive, I can say, in terms of their processes. Oh, maybe we have a process on this, we have a process on that, etc. No, no need to, 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 to go this, uh, this far. Uh, just go on the surface and try to find all the information for your product on the surface. Okay. Now, uh, as I told you before, we have some NDCG guidance that were issued uh, this month, uh, not for manufacturers. But if you are a conformity assessment body, so like somebody that is maybe just uh, making some, um, some conformity for ISO 13485, for example, or other standards, and you want to become a notified body, then here there is um, the MDCG guidance or the MCG, MDCG forms for the application, your application, uh, to become a notified body. So we have the MDCG 2021-15, which is the application uh, for a notified body under MDR, 2021-16, which is application for a notified body under IVDR, uh, 2021-17, which is the scope, applied scope, like uh, what I've told you about the, the codes, the MDR codes, the IVDR codes. Uh, you have here to define which code you want to apply for. Uh, same for 2021-19, but this one is for IVDR. Dash um, uh, 18, sorry, it, it's for IVDR. So here, all those four uh, MDCG guidance are mainly for conformity assessment bodies. So uh, if you are not, or if you are a conformity assessment body, you have to use those uh, documents so that you can apply uh, for becoming a notified body under MDR or IVDR. Then we have uh, the guidance 2021-19, which is the guidance um, related to UDI. So here it helps you to define where on your quality management system you have to be careful about UDI, where you have to include that, where you have to uh, mention it, where you have to, uh, to be careful of some aspects. For example, uh, on the procedure for serious incident and field safety corrective action, uh, you have to have that. So you have to mention the fact that you, you are collecting the UDI number so that you can send that also uh, with your uh, application. Uh, another one is, for example, purchase control. Uh, for example, when you are purchasing some products that are medical devices, then you have to be sure that there is also a UDI code for this medical device. Uh, when you are 
we, we are talking about uh, dog control. Uh, so all the aspects for the control. So uh, how you want to uh, mention the UDI code inside. So uh, inside this guidance, there is all the um, tips, if I can say, or elements that can help you to define if you are uh, on the safe side related to the UDI and your quality management system. So uh, I advise you just to go, maybe even if you haven't already done this uh, gap assessment, maybe just have a look quickly and maybe you will find something that uh, you missed or something that is really uh, important and you maybe misinterpreted some information. So go on this, uh, the, all those guidances, as I said, are on the show notes. So go on this and just try to, to look if uh, you missed nothing. Last one, NDCG uh, 2021-20. And here we talk about instruction for generating, CI, generating CIV ID. Uh, so for uh, specifically for MDR clinical investigation. Uh, so when you are doing a clinical investigation, uh, it's, uh, they, they ask you to have a CIV ID. And uh, I had one customer that called me once and asked me, oh, can you how can I generate my CIV ID? Because it was not clear at all. And there is this guidance now that he explains you how to generate that. Uh, so I say, okay, let's look at it. But on the guidance, was not clear also who is doing that. And at a certain point on the guidance, it says mainly that it's not something that is public. It's mainly a competent authority that can generate the CIV ID uh, for you. And they guide, they, they show uh, on, on this guidance how to generate that. And when they show that to you, you think it's for you. So like a manufacturer, you have to do that. But when you are more carefully looking at all the chapters or all the paragraphs, you, you, you see that, no, this is not for you because you have not access to this database at all or this element. Uh, it's called the UDAMED 2. Uh, apparently, it's not a public part of UDAMED. Uh, so at, at the beginning, to, this code can be uh, asked by a competent authority. When UDAMED will be live for clinical investigation, then maybe you can get that by yourself. But for now, if you need a CIV, uh, CIV, I think a CIV ID, then you have to go to your competent authority and ask them to generate the number for you. So it's just a serial uh, identification number for the clinical investigation. Okay, so now what happened within Easy Medical Device? So we had uh, some podcast episodes, really interesting ones. So um, the first one was uh, episode 136 with Basil Accra uh, from Accra team. And here we talked about how to interpret the first expert panel opinion. So it was a document that was generated uh, to, uh, because uh, as, as you know now with MDR, you have to go through an expert panel if you are a class three implantable and uh, class two uh, to be that is uh, administering or removing some medicinal products on, on the body. Then uh, you have to go through an expert panel. Um, the point here is that we have made uh, the full review of this, uh, this document. We explained what was made good, what was maybe bad, what has to be improved, etc. And um, after one week, uh, I received a lot of emails because on my show notes, there was the link where to get the, this expert panel review um, opinion. And um, they all said to me, oh, it's not working, your link, etc. So I, I went and checked again. And no, apparently they removed it temporarily. It's marked that on the, on the page. It says uh, this um, opinion was removed temporarily. I think by the, uh, demand, it was demanded by the notified body. So I don't know the reason. We have no access anymore to it. I mean, we, there is still some people that downloaded that on the, 
on LinkedIn, so you can get that from LinkedIn directly. Uh, but yeah, I don't know why, but it's not available. So yes, we made this interpretation, but the document is not available. So I don't know exactly when they will place that and wh what is the reason for that. Uh, second one is episode 137. Uh, we made uh, with uh, Eric Volbrecht uh, another episode about system and procedure pack uh, because there was a lot of questions remaining, apparently. Uh, people were asking, so we said, okay, let's do another one and talk about some specific aspect. Um, so I think it was really interesting. As I said, if you are doing some system and procedure pack, uh, these two episodes, there are, there are two episodes. Uh, these two episodes are really important, I think, for you um, because, yeah, we are really talking about all the different aspects. We talked also about the fact that you are a system and procedure pack outside of Europe and you want to sell this also um, somewhere else, if I can say, but uh, you cannot ask for uh, you cannot ask for a free sales certificate because uh, you have no authorized representative. You have no, I mean, you are not the manufacturer, etc. So it was also all those questions that we, we got. Uh, some also some um, health authority that are not agreeing about system and procedure pack uh, that uh, that uh, yeah we get. So go to this episode to just check if you are really uh, on this on this domain. Uh, to just check that. And uh, as I've said, Eric Volbrecht also at the end of, uh, of the episode talked about IVDR, the situation on IVDR, so you can also get there uh, if you are uh, on the IVDR side. And last episode was uh, episode 138, how to implement vigilance reporting. So uh, I explained, I made a kind of a masterclass just to explain uh, the, the requirements of MDR related to vigilance reporting, uh, all what is needed, how you can do that, what are the documents. So uh, also on this episode, I place all the forms that you can use, uh, the MIR form, the FSN form, the uh, all the forms that are available so that you can construct, if I can say, build your vigilance system uh, so that you can uh, then place your device on the market. And uh, in case of any issues, you have uh, all the elements so that you can um, yeah, facing this issue uh, more more easily, if I can say. Uh, so yeah, go to episode 138 uh, for that. Um, so yeah, all the elements that we talked about today uh, are on the show notes. So I put all the links one by one so you can go there and just uh, check uh, all the elements. Uh, if you have any uh, question about that, don't hesitate. Uh, ask me on the comments. I'm always answering the comments on YouTube. Uh, and also, uh, or send me an email to info at easymedicaldevice.com. Info, I-N-F-O, at easymedicaldevice.com. And I will try to answer the, that to you. Okay, so it was a pleasure to uh, have this episode with you today. So I hope you liked it. If you liked it, don't hesitate to go uh, to the YouTube channel to make a like or, and uh, also place a comment just to say that you liked it. And uh, don't hesitate also if you listen that uh, on your car or commuting or doing the workout uh, to go on the platform where you are listening to it and just make a like or uh, provide also a comment. Okay, so it was really a pleasure for me. I wish you a really a nice day. Thanks for listening. So if you like this episode, please provide a review on the platform where you are listening to it. And also don't forget to share it with your colleagues. Thank you very much.